Hello. Welcome to Reservoir's 2019 Bible Guide for Lent. This year, our theme is The Wild Places, and we're exploring themes of wilderness, loss of control, and exile. My name is Helen Lee, and I'm happy to share our Bible Guide with you, which was written by Senior Pastor of Reservoir Church, Steve Watson. Thanks for joining us. chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue. It was 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. He set it up in the Dura Valley in the province of Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar then ordered the chief administrators, ministers, governors, counselors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials to assemble and come for the dedication of the statue that he had set up. So the chief administrators, ministers, governors, counselors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. They stood in front of the statue the king had set up. The herald proclaimed loudly, Peoples, nations, and languages, this is what you must do when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, zither, lyre, harp, flute, and every kind of instrument. You must bow down and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Anyone who will not bow down and worship will be immediately thrown into a furnace of flaming fire. So because of this order, as soon as they heard the sound of the porn, pipe, zither, lyre, harp, flute, and every kind of instrument, all the people's nations and languages bowed down and worshipped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At that moment, some Chaldeans came forward, seizing a chance to attack the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, Long live the king! Your majesty, you gave a command that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, pipe, zither, lyre, harp, flute, and every kind of instrument should bow down and worship the gold statue. Anyone who wouldn't bow down and worship will be thrown into a furnace of flaming fire. Now there are some Jews, ones you appointed to administer the province of Babylon, specifically Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who have ignored your command. They don't serve your gods, and they don't worship the gold statue you've set up. In a violent rage, Nebuchadnezzar ordered them to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is it true that you don't serve my gods or worship the gold statue that I've set up? If you are now ready to do so, bow down and worship the gold statue I've made. Whenever you hear the horn, the sound of the horn, pipe, zither, lyre, harp, flute, and every kind of instrument. But if you won't worship it, you will be thrown straight into the furnace of flaming fire. Then what God will rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered King Nebuchadnezzar, We don't need to answer your question. If our God, the one we serve, is able to rescue us from the furnace of flaming fire and from your power, your majesty, then let him rescue us. But if he doesn't, know this for certain, your majesty. We will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you've set up. Some points of interest here. We'll take our final story of exile in two parts. Nebuchadnezzar is doing what all empires do, asserting their power through overt and covert control. The overt control is the statue and the call to worship. The covert is the behind-the-scenes machinations of the bureaucratic machine. The author teases it a bit with a repetition of the list of officials throughout the chapter. This kind of state control is more ridiculous and dangerous when a narcissistic leader is in power, but it operates at some level in in most of our power structures. Some Chaldeans, for our purposes roughly synonymous with Babylonians, seize the regulations as an excuse to target and scapegoat a minority group they they resent. Anyone who claims order or legal compliance or other pragmatic reason to do harm to a minority group is reliving this passage's tyrannical, scapegoating violence. Examples abound through all of human civilization, our own times included. 
Unhealthy power hates nothing more than a challenge, thus the king's emotional outburst. The list of the instruments, like the list of bureaucrats, is kind of a poetic satire, highlighting the craziness of the story. God give us all grace to step back and notice all that is crazy and unhealthy about our politics, our economy, and our culture. Civil disobedience doesn't count on victory, but on conscience and hope. Daniel's friends have lost their homeland, likely lost their families, and since chapter one have lost their names, but they will not lose their faith, and they won't sell out their minds, hearts, and souls regardless of outcome. A direction for prayer. Pray for your city and country to practice the genuine free civil society it likely professes that all people, even misunderstood, mass incarcerated, or scapegoated minorities, would have the freedom to worship and work and pursue the best of their conscience and culture without fear. And a spiritual exercise to try. The temptation in exile is to a death of faith or a loss of hope. Today, Follow the lead of this passage, asking God if there is anything in your faith that compels you to chart a different course than the one you're on, or to live differently in some regard. Ask God for courage to do so.